Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of WCM Fireside Chats. My name is Ryan Thurl here, as always, with Mr. Dan Quiggle from WCM Fireside Chats. Uh, whoever's dinging in the background is here as well. Uh, and Kara Brodigan from the Canadian Camping and RV Council. Got a little bit of a countdown we did in the beginning there because I noticed that it was cutting off audio when I was doing the podcast. It would always start me mid-sentence no matter how long I paused. So hopefully we work and clean things up a little bit. Uh, as a reminder, we are live on Facebook, uh, a bunch of different YouTube channels, Facebook pages, stuff like that. If you're watching us on one of the Facebook pages, uh, Canadian Camping and RV Council, Woodall's Campground Management, Insider Perks, stuff like that, you can comment and we can bring those into the platform. Love to bring you into this discussion. You're also obviously available as a podcast on various different platforms too. And my dog apparently does not like that we are. Uh, what, what do we got today for him, Ben? What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about marijuana and weed and legalization and and how that impacts the park sector. So, um, I mean, that's a pretty interesting topic. Uh, we have um, a couple guests. Um, one of them's not on yet. We're hoping that he can join us here in a little bit. Um, Brian Applegarth, who's from um, Cannabis uh, Tourism. He's the founder and chair of California Cannabis Tourism Association, which is uh, kind of like a trade association in California that works with businesses and kind of promotes, um, you know, tourism and, and the whole marijuana thing there in California. And then um, we also have um, June Alexander. I guess, June, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your park. Uh, I have Canyon's Lake Campground, uh, northwest of Fort Collins, Colorado. It's small, uh, in the mountains, National Forest. Uh, had the campground uh, probably 15, uh, over 15 years, but really only running full time in the last few years. Um, we are marijuana friendly. I tell people I'm not a marijuana campground. I'm marijuana friendly. You know. And, uh, now have you been have you been marijuana friendly since before it was legal, or is this a new no, thing? No, no. I mean, it was legal in '14, <laughs> so I'm gonna say, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe for some people, but <laughs> um, so probably about '15, '16, uh, and it wasn't intentionally started out like, hey, I'm gonna be a marijuana friendly campground. Um, what happened was it was funny. I had a couple of retired gentlemen, one from Florida, was a Vietnam vet. He happened okay. to pop up and, you know, he had all these issues and as far as so he was on all these drugs and he decided to come this way to try, you know, doing marijuana instead of, you know, taking these pills that just messed with his mind. Yeah, yeah, you know, didn't help. So sure, yeah. he showed up and I honestly didn't know. Um, when he showed up, um, he says, are you marijuana friendly? And I'm like, well, I guess. I mean, you know, it's not like maybe drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes. It's like, that's fine as long as, you know, you're not making a big deal of it at the time. So I didn't, I wouldn't really, it wasn't on my plan. And so he ended up staying versus a night or two. He was here for like two weeks because he was trying to figure out getting, he'd go get marijuana and see which would, how it would help him when he got, because he didn't take his pills for two weeks. His painkillers and so marijuana, that's what you're saying. Yeah, he was using the marijuana to try to for his pain. Um, and I was like, Oh, really? you know, I mean, that was you know, an interesting, um, and you know, a lot of the vets do that. Um, yeah, and that was kind of my experience starting there. And then, I mean, it's not like even on our website, I mean, it's not like I tell people, it's like, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not a moral compass for you, but you know you will be, you know, whether it's alcohol or cigarettes, but you'll be respectful of everybody on the campground. And then since well, 15, 16, so we're talking five years, I have never had a problem with, um, yeah, I've never had a problem with people smoking or, um, you know, doing edibles. And I get a lot, I mean, most of my business now is probably 60%. People come in, they find me out of state uh, just to come out and relax and, you know, and a lot of them are older, you know, in their 50s. And, and it's, you know, they're like, I haven't done this since, uh, you know, I was a kid or whatever. Um, like I said, I don't make it a big deal. But what happened is just having a few people here and there, 
word of mouth, like they went back and said, hey, and then there was a couple like, I'm on a couple marijuana websites. I didn't even know I was there, to be honest, because my question to be, you know, the people would be, how did you find me? And they say, you're on this website. And I'm like, what website? And then I would pull it up and I was on there, you know, that I'm marijuana friendly, you know. Yep. Um, so that, you know, that helped. Um, so, well, that's kind of, anyway, and, but on my website, I do have the, you know, you go to the state of Colorado. I will have people call me. You're marijuana friendly. Yes. Well, can I, I was like, no, I, you know, I'm not going to give you any advice. You just need to get, you know, on the Colorado website and they'll tell you the rules and, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, you know, that sort of thing, I obviously, but so I don't even know half the time when people are, they have it anyway, as far as the marijuana. I mean, because, you know, they're just, but I, they're just like everybody else sitting around having a beer or something, unless I have a problem. I've never had a problem with anybody. So. Right. I'm sorry. How many sites are in your park? Uh, I have five cabins, 10 RV sites and eight tent sites, but it's more, you know, I'm on a mountain, like I'm in the national forest. So that's, you know, so I could put more in, but there's, and I've had more people in, but um, so, yeah. So like over last year, I think I look back, I had 1200 people come through the campground last year. So, okay. um, you, you know, feel, uh, go ahead, finish your thought before I, no, 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 go ahead, Brian. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you, you feel like being listed on these websites, being known as marijuana friendly has helped you attract guests that otherwise maybe wouldn't have come. You, or do you feel like they've replaced other people or do you think that you've no. increased business as a result of this? I don't think they replaced anybody. I think there's a, a market or a niche for a lot of things. Um, I mean, but again, do, does people know like, okay, do you know, like someone comes up and they're drunk somewhere? I mean, are you watching them or um, like I said, I, I think everybody has that. I mean, that's why I get it because a lot of people want to feel comfortable. I mean, I have people that come, I mean, in town just to come up, go to the mountains, relax. And okay, so they do marijuana, just to relax. I don't get partiers though. So, and on that, I mean, like tent camping. So I charge enough. I charge, I don't charge by tent site. I charge by per person. So it's twenty dollars okay. per person per night. So if there's forty, it's eighty bucks. Throw a ten up, and I've had people pull up, you know, younger kids, and they're like, "Do you have a tent site?" I said, "Well, it's twenty bucks a piece." They're like, "Ah, uh, no," because they don't want to pay that, right? So I have, you know, and I don't do the, you know, I don't allow that kind of stuff anyway. So, um, well, it, it's a respect right? thing. I that's the difference. I feel like it's the same thing with alcohol or smoking or parties or young people versus old people or whatever, right? It's a, can you do it responsibly uh, versus partying? And I think that's the difference because far before this thing was legal, right? You probably had people pulling up in their RVs and still doing other states around the country that are smoking marijuana and you never know because they're staying in their RV and they're just, they're keeping themselves and they're being quiet and respectful and whatever else. So, uh, I mean, we've been... It's just interesting. I guess I'm trying to, to put together the thought of how the perception changes over time, right? Because I've been in meetings at like the Northeast Campground Association conference, I don't know, going back five, six years now, where, you know, oh, it's going to be legal here next year. And what are we going to do? And how are our policies going to change? And how is this going to impact everything? And and I had been to the Colorado meeting a couple of years ago, and I said, it's really not going to change anything for you. But it's it's interesting how that perception is there in the beginning with anything new. And then it kind of fades over time. Well, yeah, right. I mean, sorry. no, go ahead, please. No, no, it's, you know, that's that's like you said, you don't know what people are doing. I mean, you don't know if they're sitting in their trailer doing heavy drugs. I mean, unless, you know what I'm saying, unless we're acting stupid. But, um, <laughs> but when people show up, you know, I literally, they have to sign the rules and they and normally, even after they checked in, they'll say, hey, and they go like whisper, hey, are you marijuana? <laughs> I'm like, yes. I said, but no one smokes in a cabin, cigarettes or whatever. And I said, you know, you're just, it, you have to be respectful of other people. Don't yeah. smoke around a playground, period. I mean, because, I mean, that's just a me thing. And, and everybody's, oh, no, 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 that's fine. And, and half the time these people have kids, they'll go, well, I don't, I mean, we smoke around my kids. And I'm like, well, that's your choice. It's not my choice. Um, 
So, uh, you know, they've been very good about it. And like I tell people when they show up, I make a joke. I say my rules are not suggestions. So if I ask you not to do something, then, um, you know, I will only tell you once. And like I said, uh, I've never had a problem. I've, I've had to tick, kick two people out oh, the past for alcohol, not for marijuana. I tell people they don't even get out of their chair because they're relaxing, you know. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting thing, right? Because you remember like, and I don't know how old you are, June, but I remember like when I was growing up, we used to have all the, in the 90s, we used to have the anti-drug ads and all those kinds of things. And like when I was in school, we had D.A.R.E., which according to my fifth and fifth grade classmates meant drugs are really excellent. Do you have D.A.R.E. in Canada? Do you have that or is that a U.S. thing? Um, I don't recall D.A.R.E. in Canada. What, no. it what does it stand for really, Ben? Um, what's dare stand for? I'm trying to look. advertising targeted at us though here in Canada as well. Uh, it's it's um drug abuse resistance education. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that. So they used to come into the schools and tell us how scary it was, and then we used to have all the commercials, right? So you were talking about how they sit around and do nothing here. Like, well, this play. Like, well, I'm going to show you a, a commercial. I actually did research for this, right? So oh. It's a whole new world. <laughs> so, Sarah, what's going on here? Sarah? Sarah? She won't answer you. Or she can't. Why not? This is the way it's been since she started smoking pot. She's all lazy and boring and... You know, we used to have so much fun together. And now? This is what we do. So I feel like that's your ideal campground guest, though, right? Like just around and not, you know, nothing bigger. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the you know this goes back to what June was saying about you know marijuana starting to become this medically accessible drug in a lot of ways, and I think you know, that's really impacted both the perception and, and the, um, obviously, legality of, of drug business. But I, I completely agree with June where, like, when I was a campground owner, my my most difficult issues and my biggest problematic customers were under the influence of alcohol almost every single time. Um, so I think, you know, there's, it's interesting that the public perception and and you know I'm seeing in the comments I had dare force down my throat as a kid and blah 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 and so our generation has this visceral kind of uh, perception about it that I think is the fundamental reason basis behind you know people being in campground meetings campground association meetings afraid of what's going to come of this the same scenario happened in Alberta when they legalized here. In Canada, you know, the Alberta Association, all the campground owners gathered and were you know, like had big long discussions about strategizing and how they were going to deal with things. And um, like Brian said, it really hasn't changed the dynamic at all. This stuff was happening before legalization. Right. It's suddenly every you know suddenly marijuana was accessible now. People have been smoking marijuana in campgrounds for since probably since the dawn of time. Right, and it's, I think. Go ahead, Ben. Yep, I think, um, you know, I think people maybe were afraid that all of a sudden they were going to have, um, I mean, just floods of people coming in, smoking marijuana like crazy. Uh, you know, you, you kind of get that picture of like a, like a haze kind of comes over the campground, <laughs> like it's foggy or whatever. And, uh, you know, I don't think uh, that's been the case, um, you know, and a lot of these states have rules against, um, smoking it in public, and I don't know how that impacts campgrounds, um, you know, but, you know, that obviously hasn't happened. I think some of the family-run campgrounds, like the Jellystones, were a little bit more concerned about it just because they didn't want it around the kids, and they didn't want to ruin the family atmosphere that they right. have, I, mean, I guess. I can understand it at a, at a Jellystone, probably, right? And, and I mean, I can, for, to be clear, I can understand it at anybody who just chooses not to have that at their campground. Yeah. It's, about, it's about having that freedom to make those kinds of choices. Right. And I think that property slash business owners, they should be able to do so. Yeah. Um, totally agree. 
But it's also like a perception thing, right? And look, just like Gene was saying, as this has shifted into this is a, a drug in the 90s, it's gateway that's going to lead you to smoke crack and heroin and live in an alley and be homeless and all the other things that they told us with these scary commercials, right? Now it's, uh, well, it, it does it does some good for glaucoma, for other things, uh, the CBD oil is very popular in the state, uh, for anxiety and all kinds of different things. And, and so, yes, these aren't officially sanctioned FDA things in the states, but there's enough people that say that they do these things that I tend to give them credit and believe them. So, yeah. yeah. I think for the campgrounds that I've spoken to that struggle, that were really concerned in the beginning, their biggest uh, worry related to it was things like enforcement in scenarios in those campgrounds where mm -hmm. they are family friendly and they don't want that environment. Mm -hmm. Now that it's legalized, it's, it's, difficult for those campgrounds who who do have a no tolerance policy still to enforce that because marijuana use is legal in this country so you you know you can't just call the police and be like i i, I can't get this guy out of my park because he's smoking weed it, it really muddies the waters for those guys and and you know in some cases they just kind of have to tolerate difficult scenarios i, I just Sorry, but you know, like what what you're saying, uh, Kara. The thing mm -hmm. is, I don't like pick that one thing. I mean, it could be the way you're talking or you're acting. It's can't run around kids, whatever. And you know, it's a respect. Literally, it's respect for whatever you're doing. I mean, it's not like I'm nitpicking on that one. And and I and I do kind of keep an eye. And I have to admit, people have been great because they're just glad they can go somewhere and not feel like, oh my God, I can't smoke here. And I'm in the mountains. They're looking across at the river and enjoying themselves. But a lot of them have been like, I'd kind of put them down on an east, the west side of my property generally. And like I tell yeah. you, and they, just let they know in their mind, like, I'm glad you're here and relax. But keep in mind, there's other people that do not smoke, you know, that, you know, don't. Uh -huh. And and everybody's great. I mean, and they're still, they could do edibles, right? I mean, you know, you don't know. And I've never had a problem. I mean, one time in six years, I've had one lady call back. And said, you know, I booked a reservation, but I see it's your marijuana friendly. Not that I have anything wrong with that, but, you know, I didn't want to, you know, bring the kids, whatever. And I'm like, okay, and I appreciate that, you know, but I told her if you came, you wouldn't, you probably would not known it unless you saw it on the website, right? So, um, you know, um, but it's, I think whether someone has a dog barking, it's obnoxious, or, you know, people smoking. I don't want cigarette smoke going around the trailer at my face either, whether no, it's marijuana no, no, or cigarette, yeah. right? So if you're respectful as a person, and I can't tell, okay, I see you have a beer, obviously, or wine. I don't go down there and like, wait a minute, you know, how many beers have you had? Because I mean? it's different for everybody. And the marijuana, when people do call or tell me, hey, I just went to the dispensary, and I tell them right off, <laughs> If you haven't done it in a while, you don't sit there and eat all that or do you, you need to just barely do it a little because it's different than when you're when you were younger. It's because, you know, it's like going to a pharmacy. You know, they got the different strains for different things for. Um, and basically, like I said, that, that kind of proved to me when somebody's in pain, I don't know, would you would people rather have someone sitting there doing these heavy drugs for pain than sitting at your campground trying to you know, do something, you know, like the yeah, marijuana. Drugs are drugs, right? Whether yeah. you're not, drugs are drugs. So. That's interesting well, too. The perspective point is, you know, think prescription drugs are tolerable, but I've been pres prescribed pain medications that do some pretty bizarre, crazy things to me. Like I, I, it's interesting that the perception is so different between this kind of natural, uh, perceived bad drug and a, and a prescription drug that has arguably really terrible side effects. I see uh, Leslie Pringle. Um, she's the owner of Eagle Lake RV Resort in Alberta. She met, she mentioned, I see your big comment down here, but she mentioned, I think I can't scroll down for the, for the chat box, but down further, I think she mentioned she has the rule like Nike or whatever, just do it, which was kind of funny. But oh, uh, that one. okay, I have that she, one. Yeah, she mentioned yeah. there we go. But we used to quote Nike, just do it. I don't know if that's when she was in high school or not, but um, uh, but uh, here's she mentioned her rule, um, that it's legal in Canada. In the best interest of our quiet family park, if you are a user of marijuana, you must not use it in a way that will impact others either directly or indirectly. Use it discreetly and out of sight and smell. 
This means that smoking marijuana on your site is not permissible. This rule may be changed at any time to forbid the smoking of marijuana, cigarettes, pill and edible forms are suggested. Offenders may be evicted without refund. So it sounds like, you know, she doesn't want you doing it um, around the campfire maybe, but just inside your RV or somewhere private. And the, and the smoking form, I think, and that's interesting too. You know, we're seeing this massive shift in, in you know, tolerance of smoking anything, whether you're yeah. smoking cigarettes or, or marijuana or you're vaping or whatever. People are really shifting away from that. And, and uh, you know, in general, I think it's not that, well accepted uh anymore so you know this the pill and edible forms that she includes there i mean it's logical and, and i think i mean i don't know any stats on it but i i would guess that those forms are probably more popular than i bet there's some sweet old lady at a campground somewhere who's a seasonal who bakes brownies for all their neighbors and they don't even know <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know the edibles. So I live in Michigan, and Michigan is a state um, that legalized marijuana a few years ago, um, which more states are. And I believe it's actually on the on the agenda for the Democrat Party, which is in control in the U.S. right now, um, to legalize it federally. Um, but um, you know, you know, from a lot of the people we see around here and there, and you know, there are stores popping up uh, all over the place. You know, the edibles seem to be pretty popular, um, but you know, you still walk around the store and you can still smell it <laughs> when you walk around like a Walmart or something uh, quite often. So, I mean, it's both, I, you know, there's still a lot of people smoking it too, so. I think the problem is that you're in Walmart to begin with, Ben, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's anywhere it's not just walmart it's any store i mean you'll just be like walking by someone and you're like whoa somebody's been smoking marijuana so but look at it this way it's not like it's just oh it's just free like oh it is taxed like 30 yeah. percent colorado brought in i have to just check 2.2 billion dollars last year it was up mm -hmm. to like 1.5 billion the year before um so and and it the first what thirty percent of that all goes to the schools building new schools and stuff. So which is huge, um, especially when you're dealing with it COVID is huge. So they're doing it. Anywhere. Yep, they're doing it anyway. I mean, and it, I mean again, that's not justified because you could just start doing it. You can just do whatever you want because that is definitely not the case. Um, but you know, I you know. I think we need to just teach people more respect and everything. And I do have on the website, on my website too, that let's say, you know, you have to be respectful, but it is on there. Let's say someone's next to them and they do not like it. You know, they're, they're more welcome to come up and say, Hey, you know, I don't appreciate, you know, whatever. And then we'll go adjust that form. Cause like Mike said, like I said, most might, even the people that do not smoke, they don't care. They really don't care as long as, you know, it's not like in their face or there, and I don't allow it in the cabins. So if they're sitting out, everybody's spread out pretty good. And, uh, you know, I make, you know, I just kind of, we watch people too. I mean, I don't just walk around randomly watch you over there, but, um, but it, the, the industry is big. They do use the money for the schools and, uh, the teachers program. I mean, I was going through all the. I had no idea. And there's actually a Colorado website you go to, and it tells you the, the Colorado Department of Education. It shows you the breakdown of the marijuana taxes for you know everything. So if they're going, and you know they have to also use that money for substance abuse treatment programs, law enforcement. So the money does go out to all these other things. And like you said, it's people have been doing it. Um, but now they have to pay for it a lot more than before. And, you know, so I think that all has to go, you know, there's a balance to that. Yeah, June, absolutely. Do you, have, do you have a store at your campground, June? I'm sorry, do I have what? Do you have a camp store, like a store? No. No. no? Okay. I'm curious and if the no. old stereotype is true, right? We're trying to think of benefits for campgrounders. Is the old stereotype true? Where if you are smoking marijuana, that you buy more things because you're hungry, like munchies and all that kind of. I've well, I think they do, they do go across the street to her concessions, man. You know, and, oh, uh, you need a store at your campground, June, and then you could get even more revenue. <laughs> I 
okay, what I'll do sometimes, I'll just go buy, you know, get cookies at Safeway or King Soapers, put them out there and give them to them. I mean, I don't make them buy that stuff, you know. Um, it it but, is an old stereotype, though. Here, look, I have another clip for us, Ben. Oh, boy. Hi. Uh, yo, who's on munchies tonight, yo? Not me. I guess that'd uh, be me. <laughs> what do you guys want? Get some sour cream and onion chips with some dip, man. Some beef jerky, some peanut butter. Get some Haagen-Dazs ice cream bars, a whole lot of hot. Make sure chocolate, gotta have chocolate, man. Some popcorn, bread popcorn, graham crackers. Graham crackers with the marshmallows, the little marshmallows, and little chocolate bars. We'll make some s'mores, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yo. <laughs> also, celery, grape jelly, uh, Captain Crunch with the little crunch berries. Pizzas. We need two big pizzas, man. Everything on them with water, a whole lot of water, and... Maybe I know a lot of campgrounds do the tie dye stuff too. So uh, maybe 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 they experience better tie dye stuff. So yes, so you can sell them in your store. They're more relaxed guests, and you can do tie dye activities with them. <laughs> I mean, this is the triple threat of like, why is not every campground doing this? This is like dynamic pricing, Ben. So <laughs> I told in here. There are campgrounds that are are going this way where, you know, they're using it as a, as a you know, at, like June said, it is a niche market yeah. and there's obviously appetite for it. There are campgrounds here in Canada that specifically kind of target that market um, and, and, you know, market all those things that just happened in that clip. That's probably the list of things that they have available in their store. Um, <laughs> I know that there are campgrounds that are doing like tasting experiences with edibles and things like that. Um, so, you know, that stuff is happening and there's obviously appetite in the market for it, which is great. Are they actually selling? For, I was looking for clips and I found a guy who actually did the test of all those things. Like you put them all together, like there's a YouTube video on it. And it's like 11,970 calories. He went out and got all the things and put it on his desk. And I don't know, I think he ate it, but I didn't watch it. I only watched like 20 seconds of it. But. <laughs> Are they, you know, I wasn't able to find a campground um, that like sold the marijuana or marijuana edibles on the campground, I guess. I guess, have you, you heard can't. of anything like that? You, you can't. can't? Okay. No, it's illegal. Not now. Yeah. So, no, you have because, to have zoning like, stuff yep. in place. Yep. I have a license and they only last so many licenses. So, like, Fort Cons is the closest. So, here's how I asked somebody, ran a marijuana shop. Okay. How does this work? Let's say, like you were talking about, they do have classes where people would come up and they told me they did this before that let's say there's somebody that wants to have a cooking class on marijuana. So what they'll do is they get these, the bags all set up. So they actually have to go because they have to scan their driver's license and, you know, do all that. And they will have a bag for them. So let's say six people have the exact same ingredients and they go to a, whatever, a campground or a host or whatever. And we're going to make marijuana brownies. So they have to give those bags to those people. So like, I can't buy those for those people. They can't, you know, I cannot sell any. No, not, no. I mean, I, that I would get shut down probably. I mean, it's just illegal. I mean, to do that. So because they have to, but they do do that and, and they do some fun things, I guess. I personally have not done. We had a couple years ago, because Corona was last year, we had cannabis and comedy. So this, yeah. uh, we had a guy that came he actually was performing in boulder he's a friend of the the guy that helps me and he came over and they could sit out there and smoke and i mean it was fun um but not everybody smoked i mean that was you know it was just a unique thing that we did at that time because he just happened to be in the state and you know everybody kind of, you know everybody remembers that had a good time um you know so you bring up an interesting point, though, that, that there's this kind of perception, I think, from some campground owners that it's a free-for-all, and it's still very heavily yes. regulated and controlled. Yes, yes. very oh, yeah. regulated. It's, it's one of the, in my opinion, it's one of the top benefits of legalization is the, the intense, you know, regulation 
all kinds of safety uh, components that, you know, obviously <laughs> prior to legalization weren't in place. Um, I think, you know, in the case of the campgrounds that I was referring to, they I, they have some kind of partnership with a dispensary. Uh, and so they're working it out that way. But and I don't know the logistics of that, but um, which is interesting, too. Right. You're kind of supporting a couple of different industries and economically impacting usually in in that the case of the one i'm thinking of the area is quite rural you know there there's giving opportunity for some different uh economic diversification in those stuff yeah but it's still i mean just like alcohol right i mean there's certain rules and regulations behind alcohol you can't drink yes. and drive you can't do you know and yep. so there's I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of laws governing that like i don't i'm pretty sure it's illegal to, to smoke marijuana and drive right yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel yes. like Sarah, I didn't want to care. I didn't want to leave you out either. So I actually reached out to the Canadian government, and we actually have a video. The Royal Canadian Marijuana. So I'm just going to show that to you guys now. This car has been stopped for quite some time. I'm going to check it out. Excuse me. Have you been smoking any pot today? No. Well, you've been stopped here for 15 minutes. Can you tell me why that is? We're waiting for the stop sign to turn green. How high are you? Hi, how are you? No, I said, how high are you? Hi, how are you? This cop is so friendly, babe. Okay, I am going to have to conduct a pot sobriety test. Oh, man, I'm too high for that. Blow into this. Hey, is that a breathalyzer? No. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to ask you a few questions to determine your ability to drive. Why is a pizza box square when the pizza's a circle and all the little slices are tiny triangles. Whoa. Which of these two snacks would you prefer? Chips or the cookie dough? Step out of the car, please. Let's go. Please, don't drive high. We're getting cookie dough all over the back of our cruisers. A message from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. <laughs> Oh, I have a copy of that. Yeah, this, uh, this hour has 22 minutes. It's our, you know, comedy show up here. Um, they do, they do great content. I've seen a few skits from them specific to marijuana and legalization. I think they do a good job. But uh, yeah, we're now with June. <laughs> I want that copy. Yes. Well, I yeah. mean, if you if you like that one, I do have one more. That we've gotten from the Canadian Border Services Agency as well. We can take a look at. Even though cannabis is legal in Canada, if you're carrying pot when you enter the country, you must declare it at the border. Otherwise, you may face arrest and possibly criminal prosecution. Where are you coming from? Vermont. But we don't have any pot to declare like at all, so it's like no point even looking. Papers? Passports. Reason for visiting the States. I was visiting my friend. And who are you? I'm the friend. We were both looking for me, but I was in the car the whole time, so we couldn't find me. And what's with the smoke? Uh, uh pot. Muffler. Did you buy any cigarettes? No, smoking is gross. Then why do you have so many lighters? Because uh, we really like slow songs at concerts. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions, okay? What's 8 times 9? 89. What's 15% of a $40 bill? Too much. How many grams are in an eighth? Three and a half. How many grams are in a quarter ounce? Seven. And how much is an ounce? This much? I'm going to have to confiscate that. Oh, man. That's like drug abuse. Dude, how did you even know we were high? You told me you drove in from Vermont. Yeah? This is the Canadian side. <laughs> Weed is legal in Canada, so you really don't have any good reason to leave. 
A message from the Canada Border Services Agency. Oh man, Colorado's behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Canadian humor will get you every time. Um, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Not at all, to be honest, yeah, this is what happens when you don't get enough guests, Ben. I'm going to start doing research and playing videos. Hey, 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 hey! I I do my work on the guest side, so. Yeah. Uh, but um, I liked what, you know, I think there's a lot of, I think June kind of mentioned it a little bit, or maybe Brian, you mentioned like tasting experiences. I think, you know, that goes back to like the partnership stuff that we've talked about with other things too, you know, Um, and doing like the entertainment, you know, finding ways, you know, if, if you want to do something small or something, there's different ways to do that, I guess, too. So. Yeah. It it kind of, Follows along with the the thing we consistently say about being, you know, really adaptable and creative, and you know, knowing what's what what your market target markets are, and you know, location I think plays plays a lot into this. Obviously, June's location is uh, right for for the scenario she has at her park, and I, you know, obviously that's not going to be the case at every campground, and um, <clears throat> you know, that's just good logic, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're telling everyone to not, it doesn't make sense for every park to do the same thing. So, no. um, yeah. you know, obviously we're not uh, telling everyone to open up everything for marijuana or something, just if well, it makes sense or what clientele you have. So that you tell everybody with goggle ball pits and jumping pillows and coffee shops and wine tastings and all those kinds of things. And if it's a good fit for your park and you feel like that, you can control it the way you want to control it personally, and there's a benefit to it, then go for it. But nobody's judging you either way. It's just got, that's why we're exploring topics like this, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's important. The fundamental importance for me of this show is just exposure to the industry and seeing that lots of folks are doing some pretty cool stuff. And there are all kinds of ways to uh, impact and change and grow your own business. Um, you know that are kind of outside of the box and and people are successful with it and and it's nobody has to feel or do or agree with anything we say here and i yeah and i think when it comes to like marijuana like uh brian pointed out earlier there's you know people hear the the term or whatever and they automatically think of different things um or stereotypes and you know that's not necessarily the case either it's important as a business owner to kind of do your own research and um, talk with people and see you know what it means or what it looks like at your park and not completely like go against the entire idea just because of those um you know biases or whatever so right. i mean i think there's a legitimate thing though there's been a bias for a reason right is because at least in my case like for 15 20 years while i was growing up like that's all i saw was how marijuana was bad and it impacted people in a negative way and it led to bad other things and then this is your brain on drugs and all kinds of things and so i don't i mean yes people need to adapt but i can also understand why they're not or why they're slow or why they don't want to because our heads have been filled with this for 20 years, right? Well, but I think it's important to note that our heads were filled with it. And and even that at that official like governmental level, they've changed their own perceptions of it. And so, yeah. you know, it's important that we as individuals are willing to, to do those things as well. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I 100% agree with you, yeah. I was told or heard somewhere, I think it was at the Colorado Lodging Association meeting or something, someone said, uh, we can't be everything to everybody, but we can be valuable to everybody that we have, you know, and I was like, oh, that is kind of, that's true. So, and also to me, I think we got to remember whether you're drinking alcohol, cigarettes, or you don't like whatever, it's still a right, because I have a right to do those things. Yeah. So now it's, but again as a business owner you i tell people i'm like mom i have kids and you know and you can't let all your kids run around be like this one can do this one but that one can't you know you got to have some order and, and and again respect and you know and i think it all works out as long as everybody's respectful no matter what it is but it, to me i have a hard time telling people you don't have a right to smoke cigarettes either you don't have a right 
you shouldn't be really drinking that much. I mean, uh, yeah. now I can say, here's the boundaries or here's, you know, this is what right. I'm going to allow. And you can do that. But, you know, I think you have to be careful. Like you, she said, if you're, if I was in the middle of town, okay, now that may be an issue. But I'm an hour out of town. I'm in the national course, which is federal. So they really can't be smoking. You know, I'm up against a hill and it's straight up. You know, um, I told them they climb up there. It's a national forest and no one's going to come up there and grab them because they're smoking marijuana on the hill. Um, because we don't, it's legal in our state. <laughs> and, you know, but they're, they're, you'd be surprised. The more people that come out of state, they're all paranoid anyway. Almost everyone I'm show up like, oh my God, what can I do? Where I can I smoke? Whatever. And I kind of give them the bat again, go to the Colorado website. Um, sure. But the ones in Colorado, see those, they're the people that like kerosene. They stay at home or they, you know, they may come out and they don't care. But I deal with a lot of people out of state coming here to enjoy themselves and they're afraid they're going to get arrested, which in some ways, you know, they kind of, ha they do have that fear because they can't take the stuff back with them to Nebraska or wherever. Right. right. So, right. That's what they've learned and what they've grown up with that they've always needed to hide it where they are from. So well, right. and it motivates them to follow June's rules and and you know operate within the, the rules of the the state because they don't want to get in trouble. They want to be able to head home afterwards or whatever and still ex have this experience. It's it works well for, for operators because you know, here in Canada it's I mean, you it's legal everywhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. So, you know, that, that dynamic's a bit different here. Yeah. Yeah. But my suggestion is, seriously, if someone was thinking, hey, I think, I mean, maybe you have a designated area to be perfect away from everybody. That's the only area people can reserve and they can all smoke, whatever. But the point is to charge enough that you don't get the people coming. So, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, I, you know, like they go to the National Forest and say, okay, tent site is like, 30 bucks, but they can put 10 people there. Well, see, I'm like, 10 people is $300 for me. I don't mm. care. You want to pay it? You can go down there and you can smoke all you want more, <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's the same thing as people having parties at, at campgrounds and stuff. It's why we tell clients who complain about that, raise your rates. If you raise your rates, yes. bit, then you're going to cut out a significant portion of those people. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, but... And you have to watch, I'm just going to tell you, I came across this ooh, a couple weeks ago because I'm looking at insurance carriers. I yeah. actually had someone say to me, <laughs> they looked at my website and it says, you know, I had marijuana stuff on there. And, there, and the person said, well, I can't give her insurance. I smoke even, but it looks like she has partiers. Kind. I mean, they brought this comment up and and uh, it was, and I told the person I was telling me about this, I said, well, that's funny. Because I've never had, you know, I don't have an issue with that. Because there again, it was a perception mm -hmm. of, uh, because, you know, you have all these drunk drivers on the road, right? We have all these alcoholics that I, you know, seriously bad that we seem to kind of be ignoring too, that they're at a campground and drinking like crazy, but we don't seem as bothered. And we're not making the profit billions of dollars off them. Um, so, you know, I think like, again, it, it's just, it was funny because everybody, even the insurance, you know, they start looking at stuff, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, okay, that's misinformation, but that's your choice too. Yeah, I guess back to the, you know, cause I have ran into some park owners that, that were looking at doing pretty strict policing, I guess. I just wonder how even the policing would work on something like this obviously with an edible you don't even have smoke so i mean it would be pretty tough to police something like that yeah unless you're doing like searches which i i mean i can see the side of like not allowing it. i can see the side of allowing it i can see you know having the rules that govern it and the guidelines and stuff around it i don't know what the point is of like stressing yourself out about it so much that you have to patrol the campground and knock on everybody's door and keep an eek. Like, I don't understand that. I'm sure there's a reason that they have for it, but I don't understand it. It just stresses you out and you rarely are finding anything. I would imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine that it would be too successful a majority of the time. Um, you know, I imagine maybe they just had issues in the past with different things, alcohol or whatever. And maybe they're just, or anxiety levels up or something. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, again, we're not here to criticize anybody or judge anybody no. or anything like that. I'm just like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there are so many other things that you could put your focus on as far as the guest experience or amenities or customer service or whatever, right? In the instances where, in my personal relationships with campground owners, the instances where people feel, they feel very visceral about it, they operate campgrounds like similar to a Jellystone or somewhere that's very family oriented that right. they yeah. feel it will really impact the environment of their park. That position and that feeling. And frankly, as private property owners, they have the right to make those choices and and you know it's important that they communicate that clearly on their websites and things like that so that you know guests don't show up there and expect something different um and and they have just as much right to operate in that way as campgrounds like june who are really open about it right well so that's what i'm saying like i understand not allowing it for whatever reason you could possibly have but what i don't understand is the not allowing it making it clear you don't allow it and then still stressing about it enough to go control your campground that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, if you don't want to allow it, go for it. Right. Yeah. I just wonder as it becomes more legalized, you know, you know, oh, the parks that don't don't allow it. I wonder how the you can say the same thing about cigarettes, right, Ben? Like yeah. cigarettes have been legal for I don't know, ever, right? Basically. Um, Forever. And yeah, and they've still like there's private camera owners are controlling that and saying you can't smoke in certain places and all those kinds of things. So well, if you go to Texas, even, you know, there's still dry counties there, you know, yeah. like alcohol, right. So, you know, they just say no drinking, right. Well, I probably wouldn't be going there because I like my wife. Daniels is in, in Tennessee is a dry County where they, yeah, that's my you. point. So it's like, how do you control that down there? Like where they do sit in their RV, just drink, 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 then sit out and pretend they're not drinking. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, it is, we all go do like kids. I get the jelly stone. I probably I wouldn't if I had a jelly stone. I probably would not allow marijuana, or at least I wouldn't want to know about it. So you know, don't I would be advertising. Would put it on there, even though if you did it, I I wouldn't probably make a big deal. But but it's that's a niche for that. But mm -hmm. you know, I mean, every like he said, you know, you go want to go to the Jack Daniel tour, you know, and go <laughs> drink. I mean, you're not gonna go somewhere where it's a dry county and sit. You know, I mean, you're. You're going there for a purpose and whatever that purpose is. Again, it still comes down to being respectful of other people around you, whether it's the, the drugs, your dog barking, your kids screaming, or, you know, it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and I think in long run, all these years, I've, respect has kind of gone down, I'm going to say. <laughs> but um, I think we have an opportunity with this, with, you know, because these people that are in their thirties are going out camping more and doing this. They say, Hey, you know, you can come and do these things, but you ha definitely have to be respectful no matter what it is because they haven't really camped before. They haven't been out with, um, you know, sometimes I go, have these people ever left their own house? Because when they go and are around other people, they just take all, you know, they just, they don't, they're loud. They don't, and I'm, you know, and, um, uh, so, I, I mean, I think we have an opportunity to do that. But I hope no one feels that they have to do that. Like, I mean, they, they should never do it just because if someone's making them feel bad because they don't allow it. Um, you know, just just because you'll find that niche of people that will come to you because that's what they like. So, through word of mouth, just like it did with you on those different specific marijuana sites. So, oh, I had no idea. I mean, it kept, like there was three or four sites. I actually had to correct one though. I pulled it up, like, where is it? And then they had said some stuff. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I sent them an email and said, you know, this is not good for either one of us. You need to, you know, take some things down or the re the wording because that's not what. You know that's not how and i think that's probably a good thing is kind of keep an eye on what those things like that like i got put on a website that i was like hadn't i had no idea and they put me on there and when i go to check it like uh, you know you need to monitor those things um, yeah because i don't want to give a, a false thing oh my god we're going up there that's that's exactly that's a woo, marijuana, woo. Uh, and i tell people I'm not, i feel like some company should probably offer that as a service but yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a marijuana campground. I just, you know, I'm marijuana friendly is what I tell people. So don't, when I, I correct them because I don't want that to give my little brain at that, you know, and I can change it at some point. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
Oh, yeah. no, no. I, like I said, I could change. If there was, you know, if it becomes, ever becomes a problem, then I could, obviously, I could change that. But like I said, there's no reason right now to, uh, um, you know, change. I, I don't need to right now. Um, so. Ben, are you in favor of legalizing marijuana across the United States? I, You know, at this point, it doesn't really bother me too much. So, um, and it's going to, you know, I think realistically, it's going to happen. You know, uh, I think what was I reading? Um, Virginia. I mean, there's like two or three states. I think Missouri was one of them that was looking at legalizing marijuana this year. I forget how many states have legalized it already. I can look that up real quick. But um, Virginia was talking about it too, right? I think I sent you a link. Yeah. So I mean. Um, so, I mean, I think at some point it's probably going to happen. I know the, the Democrats, they obviously have the majority, but one of their priorities was um, getting it passed at the federal level, which would be the biggest hurdle, I think, right now. But, That's um, yeah. because you have so many jurisdictions that have to get in line to, you know, deal with regulatory stuff and licensing and dispensary you know permits and all kinds of stuff it's it's a it's a long road to walk for sure but i would think that the more states that do it obviously you know you're gonna have more and more campgrounds facing these kinds of choices yeah and i think um i don't know there's i think there's over 20 states that have fully legal and then i and then i think the majority of the other states have a mixed where it's more medical yeah. and um, not fully legal. I didn't even realize it was that widespread, I guess. I just haven't followed it, but yeah. Um, it says, nope, there's 15 states that have it fully legal, and with recreational weed, and 20 states with like legal medical marijuana, besides the 15, I think. So, I mean, it's pretty, at any yeah. rate, it, I think, you know, whether the federal government gets on board anytime here soon, I mean, I think there's a future where even if the federal government doesn't get on board, you're obviously seeing more and more states make it legal. So eventually down the road, if the federal government doesn't get on board, you could still have a majority of states with it legal. So Those tax revenues are very, very, very enticing. Especially after COVID. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of like Virginia and stuff I was reading are, are taking this on because they're trying to make up tax revenue. So if it can help it do minimal to no harm as a result of it, why not? Yeah, so um, so I guess we'll just have to see. But, you know, I'm kind of indifferent towards the marijuana legalization. Obviously, I don't I don't smoke marijuana. Uh, or do the edibles oh, to, that, to clear that up for your employers uh, on, on a regular <laughs> basis. But, um, you know, I'm not, I don't really know anyone that does, but there's a lot of people in the air in our, in my area sure. that do, and you know, they don't bother anyone. Obviously if it was a huge, Did you just say you don't smoke it on a regular basis. Who? I thought you just said you didn't smoke it on a regular basis. No, I said I don't know anybody who does smoke it on a regular oh, basis. But yeah. There are a lot of people that do, and it hasn't created a huge policing issue. So, I mean, for me, it's not that, you know, it doesn't really bother me either way. So, well, and I think that's kind of the shift that, that a lot more people are, are going to. Is that, again, I've never smoked marijuana my entire life. But it doesn't bother me if somebody does, as long as, like June said, they're being respectful of others. So, obviously, if it were to create a huge policing issue and that we were having like issues in the community, then it might change my opinion. Or if, um, you know, obviously, I think a campground owner goes the same way. Like um, June, I mean, obviously, she's she's fine with it right now. But obviously, if it created a ton of issues at her campground, then she might have a different opinion. So. Well, but I think we've got enough historical precedent now, right? With Colorado, it's been since 2012 or 2013, and other states have done yeah. this. We've consistently not seen that what people have feared have not has not come true. And so I think that we've got, yeah, I don't think there's any leg to stand on really anymore. I don't think Texas or whoever state you pick out, right? I don't even know if it's legal in Texas, but I'm just naming a state. Uh, is, I don't think they're any different from Colorado or anything else. I don't think they're going to have all of these unique problems that other states have not had. So. 
You just don't like Texas, Brian. That's fine. <laughs> I like Texas just fine. So <laughs> I love Texas. It's <laughs> my favorite. But um, well, it doesn't look like Brian's going to join us, which is unfortunate because um, it would have been great to hear some of his thoughts on the legalization and, and what he does to work with communities and businesses as far as, uh, you know, promoting cannabis and tourism and stuff like that in California. But um, he must yeah, not have been able to carve out the time. So. There was a really good presentation that I think they did at the Colorado Campground and Lodging Owners Association a few years back where they had a lady come from the Colorado Tourism Agency and she did. Mm-hmm. That's what June was talking about for tax revenue and stuff like that, but also a lot of the other benefits. It was really fascinating stuff. So it would be, yeah, it would have been nice to have a tourism guy on, but I think that we kind of know that yeah. there's intangible benefits too already. So. Yeah, well, yeah. and hearing from June is super valuable. I think, you know, that firsthand uh, experience specifically is uh you know you can't can't get any better information than that uh i appreciate your time june thanks for doing oh that. thank you i do have to laugh though i mean like i'll be 59 so keep this in mind and i wasn't the one when i was a kid that did a lot of this stuff to be honest so when people come a lot of these older people go i haven't done this since i was 20 and they go on and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about because i really did <laughs> But I say to them, I am over 50. I don't care where you are. Everything's legal. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just, uh, uh, you know, but again, it's, uh, what What are the, I mean, what, what are the problems that people, I mean, what is their, what are they worried about the marijuana thing, really? I mean, but is it, did it really come up as a big issue or are they just testing the waters or? I think it's, um, I think a lot of it has to do with like when Michigan legalized it a year or two ago when, when the campground owners knew it was becoming legalized. I think it was just, it's a lot of it's like the unknown, I guess. They just are concerned and they haven't done a lot of research. And then once it actually gets implemented and the legalization happens, then I think it does, you know, like I haven't heard anything. I live in Michigan and, and I haven't heard anything about a lot of issues in uh, Michigan campgrounds or anything, or really any state that has it legalized. You know, we haven't seen any huge stories pop up or anything. So I think it's mainly just the anxiety of, you know, it's going to become legalized and they just don't know how it's going to impact their park. And then when it does become legalized, they're, you know, nothing happens and life moves on, I guess. So. so that's that's interesting. So so marijuana is legal in Michigan, but it's not legal in Indiana, and you just moved to Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So you don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> I didn't move to Michigan for the marijuana, Brian. Yeah, but here's and you did. I'm just saying it's a coincidence. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're talking about this stuff, but here's the deal: it's there. The marijuana is there. Oh People yeah, that's anyway. Right. You know. So it's, you know, but when you're talking about they haven't really studied or whatever, of course, if people are not legal, I don't think anybody wants to admit, yeah, I smoke, because, you know, that kind of wouldn't, wouldn't want everybody to know it. And now people are going to be more open up to say things because it is legal and they're not going to get in trouble for it. But, you know, you're still taking someone's, someone's already always has been there, just bring it to the forefront, but at least the, uh, the government or the state is going to profit off of it. So, um, mm-hmm. Do you know how much tax revenue they make in Canada as off of it, Kara? Uh, quite a bit. I don't have the number. And I think I was reading uh, an article about how 2020 fits like boom. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if I can find it. Then. Uh, uh, but, uh, they made $32 million from April 2019 through March 2020, they made 32 million Canadian dollars just off the excise duty. Duty, yeah. I don't know what. Um, so, yeah, the, and there's all kinds of projections that it like doubled in 2020 or whatever when everybody yeah, was stuck at home and whatever. So. But still, you're talking about like 32 million Canadian, which is probably I don't know, just guessing somewhere in the 20s, right, mid 20s in U.S. versus the state of Colorado at 2.2 billion, I think June yeah. says. So yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So it went up from the year before. In, uh, in, Ju in June of 2019, they had an article that's titled Cannabis Taxes in Canada Brought in $186 million in Five and a Half Months. So, what are we missing? The 32 is the, the tax portion, the 186 million is the total revenue, the sales. Oh, yeah, so, okay. so that's the excise duty taxes, and then there's like sales taxes and other ones that all get combined. So, so we also, I mean, obviously have a huge population disparity here, too. You know, we have a tenth of the population you guys have. Well, not between um, Canada and Colorado, though. I suppose, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a potential that, you know, usership might be a little bit lower here. Maybe. I don't know. I'd, I'd said, have to look. Well, that's, yeah. I think Canadians said, are just more mellow anyway, right? They, maybe they just don't need pot. To we're just too mellow. mellow <laughs> enough. They have, they have another article here. It says Canada still not raking in as much marijuana revenue as planned. That was from, um, February, 2020. They had expected to bring in $100 million in revenue for fiscal year 2019 to 20. Now it's projecting only about $66 million in revenue. Well, so. somebody needs to help them run an ad campaign for it then. That's the answer. Well, and I, I, will, I was going to say, I think there's certain things that happen here in Canada that maybe are less. Like we, we're very cautious about advertising you know there's limitations to the types of signage a lot of these dispensary companies can use even out front of their buildings there's all kinds of uh stipulations that i don't think are as common in the states um but you know there, i mean there's probably all kinds of reasons for the the reduction in revenue but 32 million dollars in tax offers doesn't hurt um anybody and uh, you know it'd be nice if they would well, I mean, let's, I hate to say let's tax the liquor, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, an interesting dynamic. And I think, you know, obviously it's legal. We, we have to deal with it and, and roll with it and figure out our own individual. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. yeah. I just think it's, I think as more states realize the tax revenue too, that the states are that, you know, they have it that are bringing in, obviously that's definitely going to attract more states too, because the tax, these states need tax revenue. So. Well, so. And that's the big reason why the Colorado numbers are inflated is folks from states where it's not legal are traveling there and spending lots of out-of-state dollars there. And as legalization spreads to, to those states. Exactly what I was yeah. just gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's tons of factors here for sure. So don't legalize marijuana because we love Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> before we go, before we go, it's interesting how um, some of this stuff's breathing life into like there's like a little town in the middle of nowhere here in uh, Michigan that you know. Hasn't had a lot going for it, but they legalized marijuana and now they got like three marijuana dispensaries in that little town. And uh, you can drive through the town and there's like lines of people trying to buy marijuana products. So, I mean, for that small well, and, town, it's been a real boom. There are I guess. So, yeah, I mean, there are corporations about that, Ben, but we'll let sorry, Kara, I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I just I was just contributing that yeah, there's there's tons of impact in terms of jobs and economic uh influence in, in all kinds of locations across Canada where you know they've they're building big growth growing facilities and you know they're putting lots of people to work and things like that. I mean it's not hurting anybody, I don't think. And that's the ultimate balance, right? Pros versus cons. When the pros all outweigh the cons, then something should probably be done. I mean, yeah, makes yeah. sense. So I think um, let me take a look at our schedule for next week because uh, I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. But I think next week we're looking at uh, environmental uh, stuff. We're um, currently looking at getting somebody from the outdoor recreation roundtable just to talk about some of the things they're focused on and maybe some of the environmental policies that can impact um, your campgrounds um, 
you know, that the federal government's doing. They're always doing stuff on the environmental side of things. So yeah. it's just crazy how that can impact the outdoor recreation industry. But so. we should also make sure to be clear that this is balanced, right? Because there's a lot of people on one side who say that any regulation that could ever possibly stop anybody from doing anything is bad, which is what I usually hear. And so there should at least be, we should try to at least get what I'm saying is I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with either side, right? But I'm yeah. saying it should be balanced. So we should have somebody who says that just like June, right? Uh, they did this regulation that everybody thought was going to be bad and it actually helped or did something better for my park or whatever, right? So. Yeah, I think the ORR is actually pretty positive on the regulation yeah. side of things. It would be more of finding somebody who was negatively impacted by the environmental stuff. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, we'll definitely be taking a look at, at that stuff um, next week. And um, we're hoping to be able to get Phil and Gracian, um, who's president of the Outdoor Recreation Roundtable. So that should be pretty interesting. So excited. Yeah. Okay. So, anything well, else? Are we wrapped up or? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks, June, for being willing to come on. And uh, it was an interesting discussion. Thanks, Brian, for putting all those commercials together. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a little bit of fun, Ben. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks everyone for watching, and I uh, hope everyone has a good week. Thanks. Yeah. Take care, guys. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Bye.